Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. The words will also be on the screen. And now this is a, a word from the Apostle Paul. It's to the church in Ephesus. These letters are often written to churches. Um, and it would be like uh, us gathered here, except way back then and over there. So, but but it, it's, a, it's a word to people. It's a word to people like us. And this is what Paul has to say. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord. Well, he's laying it on there, isn't he? I, a prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. And one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So today we're starting a new series called Remember. It's on the subject of membership. It's about remembering the promises that make us who we are as the church. We're going to remember the promises because we are a church community that's built not on walls, Not on geographic location, that doesn't define who we are. Not time on the calendar, not even the pew that you sit in and heaven forbid somebody else sit in it. It's promises, promises that bind us together. The promises that God makes to us, that we make to God, and that we make to each other. And so very specifically, we'll be focusing over the next Uh, five weeks, six weeks including today, on the vows, the promises that each of us make as we come into the professing membership of the church, that is, when you join the church. We make vows and promises, one to another, and it goes like this, to faithfully participate in the life of the church through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Between the promises that God makes to us and we make to God, these vows bind us together one to another in such a way that says, this you can expect from me, and this I can expect from you. And we do so in a covenant, in a promise. So we'll be exploring that. Now you might have noticed, uh, John joined the church last week. Hey, John, you came back. That's, that's always good when somebody joins the church and comes back. Praise the Lord. I'm kidding. I'm picking on you. Well, when John joined the church, we, uh, we do a little prayer together. Uh, we use our blue hymnals. And, and we, John made the promise uh, to support the church through his prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And then there's this part where we're all reading in unison. And you might have noticed that uh, we get a little tripped up. Because I'll say something like, do you as the church renew your promise, etc.? And you'll say, yes, we renew our covenant uh, to faithfully participate with our prayers, presence, gifts, and service. And then it stops right there. 
And then I always say, and witness. And some of y'all are like, what, is he just making stuff up over here? What's going on? The preacher's yelling again. Uh, the hymnals were printed in 1989. And later on, the wider church brought in the vow of witness. And you might say, well, I don't have, I didn't make the promise to witness because I joined the church before that. Except when everybody joins the church, you kind of said, yeah, I do re-promise. So we're all, we're all in this together. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Y'all might be familiar with Robert Frost. He's not a chilly guy. He's a poet. And you, you might not be a fan of poetry, and that's okay. I bet you're still familiar with Robert Frost to some degree. Uh, there's a famous one. He says, uh, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by. Do you remember that? That's, I mean, that's, he earned his money on that one, I'll tell you what. There's another uh, it's a poem of his that, that I, I love. It's called Stopping by the Woods on a Snowy Evening. Have you all ever heard this one? Okay, so, so it goes kind of like this. Um, the story is kind of told of a man on a horse, and not surprisingly enough, I know this is going to surprise you based on the title, he stops by the woods on a snowy evening. I mean, it's creative titling. I bet he had a copy editor for that one. He stops by the woods. And so, so you know how sometimes when the sun's going down and twilight comes, it's just there's something about it's beautiful outside. And, and so this guy's riding on his horse and he comes to the woods and it's snowing. And I'm sure that's beautiful. I don't really know because it doesn't happen much around here, but I'm sure it's beautiful. And so the guy, this, the poem kind of tells of this man being captivated on his way. He stops and the beauty of the whole thing. But then his horse gets a little nervous, and thankfully it does. Uh, the horse gets a little nervous, and the guy comes back to his attention. It rouses him from his trance, and, and the line goes like this. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. They are. But I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. You see, I'm sure it was beautiful. And we can get captivated in a present moment. And and there's something, however, there's a call beyond that momentary uh, beauty for him. There's a call that will rouse him forward no matter the circumstances. And that is the call of a promise made. A promise is a powerful thing, isn't it? promise is pretty powerful. We learn very early that promises are important. We learn as kids that promises are important. And we learn as kids the disappointment of a promise broken. Hopefully that happens more innocently like when we tell the the kids, hey, we're having pizza for dinner. And then they come in and they're like, what is this liver and onions? You promised pizza. Well, you can get over that. I still have it, but whatever. Um, sometimes, Sometimes it's it's harder promises, and sadly, children have to learn that they're broken. And that's really heartbreaking. Promises are important. It's, it's a trust thing. It's like, when you promise, I know I can trust you, and, and I need to know who that is. Even as kids, we know that, don't we? Like, I need to know who that is. Why do you think that playgrounds are filled uh, with pinky swears and spit shakes and cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye? It's because we, even as kids, we're yearning. I want to trust like, I need, I need a foundation that is, I can stand on. And adults still pinky swear, too. We do. Uh, how many of you have ever done a pinky swear, like, in the last little bit? Wait, is it just me, Amanda? Okay. Thank you, guys. Like, I wrote this into the sermon, and apparently, if you guys weren't here, I would have been a liar. No, I've seen it happen. I've done it. As self-sufficient as we are as adults, we still, we still rely on promises. We still make them. You might not pinky swear, 
probably shouldn't spit shake, but if you do, I've got some Germex. Um, and stay away from Charlotte Nell if you've got a, and Gray too if you've got a spit shake. But, but we do other things like we sign contracts. We make oaths. We make pledges. We enter into covenants, like, for example, the covenant of marriage. Little side note, did you know mar- marriage is about promises? It's not, it's not about feelings. I don't know if you know this or not. Um, the movies would tell you otherwise. And if you look, look in, I think the service, wedding service is in your hymnal in the very back. I want you to look through the whole wedding service. Just, I'll dare you. Find any words about how you feel. And then see how many times you are called to make a promise. How about that? Promises are important, and we still make them because, because we, we need that trust. Why do you think it is that after you slide your Visa or MasterCard, or nowadays you have to put the chip in, which makes you sit there five seconds longer? Which, why is that so annoying? It's just five seconds, but it's still annoying. Why do you think after that you have to sign your name? Why do you think that is? It's because you say, ah, yes. I will pay back to you, MasterCard, this money that I borrowed from you. I recognize this is not free money. It is not my money. It is your money, and I will pay it back. Here you go. It's a contract. And all of this is about being able to say, I trust you to do what you say you will do. And you can trust me to do what I say that I will do. And that's a powerful thing. A promise is powerful, especially when it's between people we count on. That's where the real stuff... I mean, think about it. The whole world runs on promises. The whole world runs on promises. We are safe and by law and and by contract. The whole world runs this way. And, And it's especially important when it's people that we count on. There's a biblical word that talk, that really helps talk about relational promises between people. It's a word that's really foundational to God's activity with people. It's the word covenant. Covenant. Covenant refers to uh, a, a particular way that promises are made between a person, a person, God and people, or, or two parties. It says, I will do this for you, and you will do this for me. And it builds this structure of relationship. It's like the foundation and the stud walls of this relationship. And you fulfilling your part and me fulfilling my part builds the structure and keeps it strong in our relationship, in our agreement. But if I start to let down my part or you start to let down your part, it starts to suffer. And so a covenant requires us when we promise to to uphold our end of the bargain. The Bible is full of covenant. It's, it's really kind of the way that God works with people. Go all the way back to the beginning. Enter the book of Genesis, and, and you see Noah. You remember Noah and the flood? And, and God uh, kind of cleansed the world. It was a really tragic bath for some people. Uh, and, and afterwards, God told Noah, I make a covenant with you. This rainbow in the sky is my covenant that I won't do it this way again. And I still remember that covenant now, not that I was there and remember it, but from my reading. Uh, It's special to me when I see a rainbow. I I remember that God is the God who makes promises. Then go to Abraham. Abraham in the book of Genesis, God picks him out and he he says essentially this, I will be your God and you will be my people. Wow. The God of the universe will be their God and they will be his people. 
This is how I will do for you. And this, your holy and righteous living, is how you will keep your promise to me. In fact, the book of the law and the Ten Commandments are about, they're not about keeping rules. They're about this is the promise that you made to be my people. Sometimes we think of rules in the Bible all wrong. We think of it as, well, the Bible says you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. No, no, listen, you could go there, but it's a promise that you entered into. It's not like something thrust on you. You said, this is the promise, this is, this is what it is. Yes, I want that. Well, you, you're a sinner. You have, to, you have to be forgiven for your sins. Well, it's not like uh, the guilt comes on us from, from sinning because it's some uh, overwhelming burden. It's like, yes, I, I enter into that. I'll turn away from that. I'll quit doing this, God, because it's a part of the promise, not a should do. It's a should do for life, but if you're taking it as weight or thrusting, it's, it's something that I agreed to because of the great promise that God would be my God. The Bible's full of promise. It continues this way. Do you remember? Um, there's a new covenant. Jesus, at the Last Supper with his disciples, he took the cup and he gave thanks over it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my... Oh, gosh. Y'all aren't at camp meeting at all, are you? All right. Forget it. I'm going home. This is my new covenant. My blood, the new covenant, poured out for you. See, that's why you didn't do it, because I was being confusing. Okay, I get it. It's my fault. I'll take the blame. This is my new covenant, the new covenant poured out for you. It's a new promise. Jesus takes all of that uh, that it was difficult for the people to live up to their promise, and he takes it on himself, and he is the one who makes a new covenant with us, and we can be God's people, and God will be our God. It's a promise. It's where God says this. Listen, it's where God says, you are mine. And when you enter into this covenant through the renunciation of your sin and your faith in Jesus Christ, we say, I am yours. We enter into the covenant the same way that Abraham did. Abraham had to sacrifice and walk through the blood of animals, but we are covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a promise where God says, I, you are mine. And we say, I am am yours. What a promise. And I'm so thankful because do you know who never breaks their promises? No, no, not me. God never breaks his promises. If you've ever lived with a broken promise, oh my gosh, how beautiful a thing it is that God, your father who created you, who loves you, who calls you from the depths or wherever you are, he has promised you that he will be your God and you will be his child and he never breaks his promise. Praise God. And thank God for this, too, uh, because I, I'm going to break my promise, not because I choose to, but because I'm like a mule. And I'm saying me. I'm just going to speak for myself. Some of y'all are like mules, too, but I'm just going to speak for myself. Uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it every time. Just like the people of Israel. Look, all of those books of the prophets, do you know what those are about? Those are about the people of Israel messing up, not making it, and God not giving up on them. And thank God that when we make the mistake and don't live up to the promise that God gives us the grace to be renewed and to come back and to start again. What a, do you see? We're built on promise. Our faith is built on covenant. It's built on promise. We see that in the baptismal liturgy. Our church is based on promise. Uh, last week, let's see, uh, we had, uh, Caitlin was baptized last week. Hey, and you came back too. We brought Caitlin over here 
And we saw the promises uh, that were made there. Uh, sometimes when we come down here and we have somebody professing their faith and being baptized, uh, it's like, great, there's, there's preachers using too much water. I don't know if he's a Methodist or not. He just keeps pouring it on there. Wonderful, we celebrate. Um, and we, we read from the book, and that's all fine and good. But did you know if you look at the liturgy we use on page 33 of the hymnal, you know what it's called? The baptismal covenant. It's at the core. It contains these promises. And so Caitlin came down here, and in her baptism, the, the, the words that we say, say baptism is basically the entrance into your community of promise, church. The baptism, we claim the promise that God says, you are mine. And then when we profess our faith here, we proclaim, I am yours. But then something else happens because we're not done yet. Have you ever noticed that we don't do private baptisms? We don't. Even if we have to go to the hospital, somebody's really sick or on their deathbed, they want to be baptized, we're rounding some of y'all up and we're going together. It's because it's not just about their moment. God makes the promise, they make the promise, and then we enter that covenant too. We have something to say on multiple fronts to be a part. We welcome you into our family. We welcome you into the unity of Christ. We will walk with you. It goes like this. God says, you are mine. I say, I am yours. You say, we say, and you are ours and we are yours. And that promise all together is what builds this structure of relationship. And I think that it's a beautiful thing because the world is filled with broken promises and there are people who hurt because people haven't kept their word and it feels like that broken promises are the way the world works. And you can pick your own examples. I'll let you do it. And people wonder, is there someone I can trust? Is there something firm that I can stand on because every time I've tried to stand it's, it's not firm and it's shaking is there something and when we live that promise we say yes there is we may not always get it right but I know someone who does and it's an antidote to the world that this place that we that God were bound together by promises kept The baptismal service does not end with the baptism. It does, uh, in Caitlin's case, it was paused. We paused the baptismal service because Caitlin will have an opportunity and and so will Kayleen, who was baptized at the earlier service, later on, uh, after they spend some time in prayer and learning, to become a member of the church. And you know what that is? That, you don't get, it's not like you get your certificate and you get your monthly magazine and you can get a discount card uh, for 10% off sodas at the Rusty Pig. It's not like that. It's not like that kind of membership. That would be cool, though, but it's not. No, that's a different organization. Let's stick to the mission. It's about you making promises to us and us making promises to you. So when the time comes and you say, yes, this is my church family. Yes, I want to be in ministry with this church family. Yes, I believe God is doing something that I want to be a part of here and I want to do it together with you. I want us to make disciples. You stand up here and and every one of you who's a member of the church has done this at one time or another. And you say, I will faithfully participate in the life of the church by my prayers 
I promise you that. And my presence, I promise you that. And my gifts and my service and my witness, I promise you that. And then guess what? Guess what you say? You say, and you can expect the same from me. Because this is what we do. This is what we chose. This is who we are. This is the covenant that binds us together. You know how important it is to, to be able to trust that with each other? Did you, I, I mentioned this last week. Did you know that when you come to church, 90% of the time it's probably not for you? It's not for you. Sometimes it's going to be for somebody that sees you. And they're, and they're so glad that you kept your promise of presence because they needed you. And it's not just about showing up in church. It's not just about, you know, oh, how many Sundays have I missed? We're not messing up with that. But did you know that there's going to be somebody uh, in your church that you're going to see and they're going to be eating at the subway? There's going to be a look in their eye and you're going to know that something's not right. And it may be small, but you're going to walk up to them and you're going to say, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? And you were there. You were present. And they can count on the fact that you promised that you would be present to them. And that matters. And you know what I count on? I count on the fact that I know that you promised to pray for me and I pray for you even though I joined in a different congregation. We are all the church and sometimes that's all I can live on. Thank God somebody promised to pray for me. You see, and we'll touch on each one of these as we go on, but you see that it's important. When we make these vows, it's not just standing up and getting my picture and moving on out and saying, hey, I belong. It says, you can count on me for this. And I can count on you for this. And it drives us because the woods are lovely, dark, and deep. But I've got promises to keep. Promises to keep. God says, I promise you, you are mine. And I promise God, I am yours. Through my faith in Jesus Christ, through your faith in Jesus Christ. And we promise each other that I am yours, you are mine all around the room. A promise is important. It drives us. It holds us together. It is what makes us who we are. And it is what the world needs. A person, a God, a family, finally a family that will keep its promises. So I want to invite you. God has said, I am, you are mine and I want to be yours. Have you made that promise to God? Have you given your faith to Jesus Christ? Will you say, in God, today I am yours? Maybe you can do, maybe you need to rekindle that promise. Just like somebody wants to renew their wedding vows. Maybe you need to renew your salvation vows and say, God, I am yours today. I invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ. To make that promise. And claim God's promise to you. If you doubt that God has made that promise to you, I'm going to tell you, that's wrong. God promises to be your God. And then I want to tell you, as Glenville United Methodist Church, we are yours. We are yours. And we will do our best with God's help to live up to the call of God. We will do our best by God's help to walk with you and be family to you. We are yours. Will you be ours? If you'd like to join the church, and enter into this community of promise with us. We would love for you to do that. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I've got promises to keep. God's promise to us, our promise to him, and our promises to each other. What a beautiful thing.
My friends, the altar is going to be open for you if you have some decisions to make in your life. If you just want to come and pray, or maybe I, I, I had this feeling today as I was uh, preparing that there might be somebody in the room at one of our services that is dealing with the pain of a broken promise, and maybe you just want to have a special prayer. Um, I'd be glad to pray with you over here if you'd like to do that. But those invitations are open for you as we stand and sing. Let's stand and sing our closing hymn, and you can come as you feel led.